Where do you go? The address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in this episode, we are discussing the week of January 13th through 17th. Michael and Willow in her hospital room talking about getting married, and while Michael wants Willow to fight and stay in the hospital to do so, Willow wants to get married and die at home. I'm going to need Willow to fight a little more than that. She is a young woman and could have decades ahead of her. It doesn't make sense to throw in the towel at her age. Next thing we know, Carly gets into the elevator at GH and Liesl gets in right after. Initially, I thought Liesl was going to drug Carly or something, but instead she reads her up and down about hiding Willow from Nina and instead of engaging, Carly gives condolences for Britt. Liesl says, if you're truly sorry, then help Nina. Like, come, that's a big ask, Liesl, big ask. Carly goes to visit Milo, and they tell her they're getting married. Michael steps out for Carly and Willow to talk, and Carly asks for a favor, and then Liesl comes for a visit. Willow is more willing to have a conversation with her, but of course, Liesl wants Willow and Nina to get closer, so she's going to try and build a bridge through herself. She's also going to get tested for the bone marrow transplant, and if she's a match and all is successful, maybe Nina and Willow will come to some understanding. But it's going to take a lot of work on Nina's part, and she's never willing to put the work in. Instead, she wants to blow up Carly's life. Nina and Sunny are waiting for information, and Sunny has convinced Nina that going to Curtis's wedding would be a great way to take her mind off of Willow. Meanwhile, Dex stops by, and Sonny tells him about the shipment in two weeks from the Pikeman group. I mean, I don't want to feel bad for Sonny, but he's about to get rocked by Dex and Michael. I just don't want to see how far Sonny is going to go to protect his livelihood. Jumping to more villainous stories, Heather gives Ryan a valentine. She's snuck in a knife to help their escape plan, and... Wow. For the first time, Ryan is showing his care for Esme. He does not want Heather to kidnap her, but instead to coax her into going with them. Heather starts by telling Esme everything is going to be taken care of, and then she tries to escort her out of the building under the ruse that they're going to their rooms. Of course, they get caught, and Esme is super suspicious of Heather at this point. And I suppose her amnesia is real, or she would have talked her own dad into a different plan, as per her previous relationship with him. Just then, Ryan shows up and stabs the guard. Esme is freaking out, and Heather is trying to calm her down. Ryan goes to change clothes and comes back to tell Esme that she is his daughter. She lets out a Luke Skywalker scream, and it was the best. I loved every second of that. Cut to Devon, England, where Sante tried to sneak in some romance while looking for Maggie. They end up at a bar resembling the Tano, and the barkeep steers them away after a friendly drink. Turns out the barkeep is Maggie. She starts to flee the bar, and back in Dante and Sam's, like, Airbnb, whatever they were in, they decide that Dante's going to go back to the bar to ask more questions, and Sam is going to do some internet sleuthing. When Dante is out, the innkeeper pops in and Sam asks her about a Maggie Fitzgerald. And Mrs. B says, oh, Margaret, the barkeep, used to work with children. 
So we see Maggie trying to leave, but when she opens the door, Dante is there. She tries to hit him over the head and run, but Dante gets the cricket bat away and Sam shows up. They clear the air of who everyone is and Dante informs Maggie about Esme and her condition. Maggie finally tells them that Ryan Chamberlain is Esme's father. And with every realization this week, I squealed because it was all so good. And back in Port Charles, we have Portia and Curtis's wedding. We see Jocelyn and Dex on their way, and she tells him about Willow and how the premature birth wasn't even a help. But I would argue that regardless of how it turned out, it did help because I think it's easier to deal with cancer if you're not pregnant. As they're talking, Sprina walk outside, and Spencer is a total jerk to Dex, but it is so funny to me. <laughs> I kind of like it because I like seeing Spencer being a Cassidyne, but Trina is yelling at him to stop, and then Sunny walks up asking if there's a problem. So everyone kind of disperses, and Sunny and Dex discuss the pikeman shipment again. I think he gets it, Sunny. He's gonna be there. And while Sona were at the wedding, they spoke with Drew and Curtis, which proved awkward when Sonny and Taggart broke off to talk and Nina tried to push Drew for Carly information after trying to keep neutral and talk about the new baby, Amelia. Like, Nina, you're so obvious. The first thing he's going to do is run and tell Carly that you're asking questions. Sonny and Marcus discuss the hook for a second and have a truce about Sonny's people keeping an eye on things and extra protection for Trina. Trina and Spencer were having a conversation when Portia's brother Zeke and father Sterling walk in. I would like to see more scenes with Trina and these two men, especially now that everything is out there. I think it would be nice for Trina to have a relationship with her mother's side of the family. Ava and Laura run into each other outside the church talking about Nicholas, who Ava thinks is still in the stables rotting. I mean, shouldn't she know by now that there is a good chance he revived and disappeared? I mean, we all know that Nicholas is going to be missing for a while and not dead. We also saw Liz walk into the church seeing Terry and Finn, and then she goes to speak with Laura. Terry then asks if everything is okay with Liz, and she says she feels resolved, but we don't know if she's going to actually try and confess to anything I think when she realizes that Nicholas will be gone for a while, she may not. Or she may go about it where she won't get charged with anything. Molly and TJ share a couple of warm moments. It's always nice to see Molly with the family. And Ava meets up with Trina, and Trina expresses that she doesn't like the side of Spencer that blows up at people for no reason. So basically, Trina, you don't like Spencer being a Cassidine. <laughs> I don't know how much of that you'll be able to control. Then we see Portia in her bridal room and she gets a knock at the door and it's Jordan. Portia starts freaking out and Jordan stops her to say that Stella now knows the paternity secret and she doesn't know what is going to happen. Portia is convinced that Stella won't say anything and Jordan tells her that this secret is going to shatter her and Curtis's marriage before it even starts. Portia is convinced that Jordan just wants Curtis back, and although that is always a possibility, I just don't think that that is the driving force, especially because you can tell when Jordan explains it that that is not the driving force. After she leaves, we see Curtis come up to Portia's door and giving her this big heartfelt speech about how much he loves her, and she tried to say more than I love you back, but he jetted out of there. 
He's like, you love me? Okay, bye. <laughs> we then see Trina and Sterling outside the door for Portia as she steps out and onto the aisle. Now, the wedding itself, Portia was already having regrets when Laura said, is there any reason you shouldn't get married? <laughs> I mean, everyone was looking at her like, um, do you, do you want to still get married? Is this, is this still a thing? <laughs> And as they're having their first dance, everyone seems to be kind of jealous of love. Um, hearing everyone say how Portia and Curtis are true love and meant to be, I mean, that was giving me tiny little stings to the heart, you know? <laughs> but when I saw Trina and Marcus out there dancing, it was the cutest thing ever. We got a quick shot of Terry and Yuri to go dance. Liz and Finn did not want to dance. And Jocelyn tells Spencer that he should cut in with Trina and Marcus and go dance. Gives him like a two-second speech on how they shouldn't interfere with who each other wants to hang out with. Then we see Jocelyn going around to make a wedding video. Cute. I also noticed that Sunny did not have champagne or any alcohol at this wedding. That was a very nice detail. And I think I only caught it when they were making toasts and everyone had the same champagne glass except for Sunny. As Trina and Spencer are dancing, Trina decides, sick or not, Stella needs to be at this wedding. So they leave. We see Ava, Nina, and Sunny chat for a sec, and then Sunny sits down with Laura, and she states that she's happy Spencer has him, but wishes that he had that closeness with Nicholas. Molly and TJ inquire about cutting the cake, and everybody gathers around to see it be cut. Marshall and TJ then share a nice moment. And Nina and Ava sit down to discuss Drew and Carly are involved, but keeping it a secret. Ava says it's probably nothing and then leads into how she is a mess since Nicholas and wishes that he doesn't come back this time. And it turns out that Marshall was going to play clarinet after all. Him and Drew organized a secret performance and Marshall was very nervous. Drew helped calm him down and Marshall went on to play. Curtis was beyond words. He was so proud and he was so happy. I loved that scene. Ava then leaves before Portia even throws the bouquet and she runs into Sunny. He tells her that Lara is also leaving because she's trying to find Nicholas. He hasn't been responding to calls or texts or anything. Cut to Stella's apartment or hotel room. Not quite sure, but uh, Jordan goes to see her. They start comforting each other over this shared secret, and then Stella asks Jordan about her own love life. <laughs> I mean, Jordan has been single since her divorce from Curtis, and I have not even barely seen her flirt with anybody. Jordan leaves to continue on to her job, and Trina and Spencer arrive, and Stella admits that she lied, but it's not for Trina to understand. Spencer tries to throw in his two cents and Stella cuts him off and says, you're not family. <laughs> so Trina and Stella somehow bring up Portia's affair with Curtis and Trina wants answers. By the time she re-enters that wedding, she is heated. The wedding pretty much disbanded after that and Portia goes to speak with Trina separately. Curtis, Marshall, and Taggart confront Spencer and he tells them they went and saw Stella, but he does not have any more information. <laughs> so Trina and Portia are up in the uh, wedding suite, and Trina is confronting Portia with everything. 
She says, Stella says there's a secret that you're keeping and that it would have some big impact. So Portia finally sits her down, tells her that she found out she was pregnant after she had an affair, but she never confirmed who Trina's biological dad was. We get a huge cry fight. I mean, oh, it was so heartbreaking. Trina just does not understand. And she even throws it in her mom's face like, you're a doctor and you didn't see the point. Oh my gosh, Trina is just overwhelmed. She's thinking she lost her identity. I mean, this poor girl. She tries to leave the room, but when she opens the door, Curtis and Marcus are standing there. And because everyone is so upset, Portia decides that she's going to tell everyone what's going on, but Trina gets to it first. Portia then confirms the story that she is not sure, and Trina jets out and Marcus follows her. We're left with Portia and Curtis arguing back and forth, and Curtis is so disappointed. I mean, they've rediscovered each other in Port Charles. Why couldn't you discuss this then? Portia kept trying to justify everything by saying, I didn't want to ruin Trina's life, and then we thought Marcus died, and then all these things happened, and that's what everyone's excuses are. There's always something that will justify you not telling a secret. After the reception, everyone starts filtering into the Metro Court restaurant where Drew catches up with Jocelyn. They mention Carly without saying so much. We see Mac and Felicia having a Valentine's Day date, and Mac gives Felicia an update on Heather and Ryan, and they are sure that Ryan has something to do with Rory Cabrera's murder. Mac then says he has to go to Spring Ridge to ensure the prison transport goes well. And he gets to the scene and sees Esme and Heather outside. He doesn't even get far before Ryan clocks him over the head. Jordan then rolls up on the scene. Mac is knocked out. Laura also gets called to the scene. And Mac is awake now. He's talking. And he tells them exactly what happened. He saw Heather and Esme. Somebody knocked him out. Stole his car. So as they all go to GH, the warden from Spring Ridge is there. And he's telling them that a guard is also missing. Deputy Mayor Eileen shows up to basically grovel at Laura's feet, and Laura asks her to talk with the press. Back in the restaurant, Sonny gets a call from Brick about the pikeman shipment, and he wants to know who's buying this shipment. Jocelyn then sees Spencer across the room, excuses herself from Drew, and asks Spencer what happened with Trina. Unfortunately, Spencer does not have all the answers. All he could tell people is, well, apparently there's a family secret, and it's going to hurt Trina really bad. Also in the restaurant are Liz, Terry, Yuri, and Finn, and the men go to the bar to get drinks of water, and Liz and Terry talk about Finn being her friend and maybe finding their way back. Liz doesn't think so, but when Finn and Yuri are talking about Liz, Yuri thinks that Finn should go for it. So he does, and he asks Liz if she wants to go for coffee, and she agrees. So who knows? As Ava returns home to Windermere, she gets a text from Austin about moving Nicholas out of the stables. Ava starts freaking out because Austin suggests that they move Nicholas next day, and Ava says, I'm Ava Jerome. I know how to handle myself in these situations. Ava then goes on to tell him that when she heard Nicholas say he was going to take Avery, all she was thinking about was stopping him. Didn't mean to kill him. The doorbell then rings, and it is Felicia. She wants to devise a plan to get Ryan to confess to something, and Ava agrees. When Ava walks her to the door and opens it, 
guess what? Ryan is at the door. Oh my god. That was another squeal moment. And when Felicia goes, Kevin, and he lifts up his arm and says, guess again. (laughs) Oh, it was perfect. And Ava says straight out, I knew you were faking it, but you still had to listen to everything I said. So Ryan starts alluding to he hurt Mac terribly and Felicia starts to get a little bit upset and then Ryan looks at Ava and asks where Nicholas is. At this point it seems like Ryan's plan is to kidnap Ava and Felicia but now he's saying oh I can't have both of you with me one's gotta go. Meanwhile Austin is right outside the door listening to all of this go down but before he can even get his phone out he gets hooked. Back at the hospital with Mac, Jordan calls Dante for updates, and Dante lets everyone know that Ryan is Esme's father. Mac starts freaking out about Felicia, and Jordan puts together that Heather was Ryan's aide. Mac then gets the phone call from Ryan on Felicia's phone, and now he thinks that Felicia's been hurt really bad. I would love it if Ryan, Heather, and Esme were on the run for like a year. I really would love that breakaway story. Will Esme get her memory back? Even without her memory, will she get like that Stockholm Syndrome where she's just going to be buddies with them? Are they going to tell her that Heather is her mom? I just want to know how far this is going to go. I love that Ryan is out and about. And on the other end of the villain spectrum, Victor is on the phone at his favorite table in the Metro Court hallway, talking about recovering everyone's bodies from the catacombs. Deputy Mayor joins him, and she says she does not want to work for Victor anymore. She's no longer useful. She wants out. Things have gone too far. But he looks at her and says, too bad. You will work for me for as long as I tell you to. And kind of is alluding to when you're not working for me, you're dead. (laughs) I kind of felt bad for her, but then I remembered all the bad things she did. And then I'm like, "Mm, well, I don't feel that bad for you anymore. Victor leaves his hallway and sees Spencer in the restaurant, tells him how regretful he is about not mending things with Valentine, and then inquired about Nicholas. Spencer tells him that he believes Nicholas left town. And that's when Victor gets a call that Esme escaped and he tells Spencer. Meanwhile, Valentine and Anna are doing yoga in the safe house, (laughs) basically being roommates with Martin and Lucy, and Valentine has another contact that they are waiting on to give them access to something. But the plan is to continue to haunt Eileen so she can flip on Victor. I still think that's a long shot, but with Eileen wanting out and then her being afraid of Victor, this may be just what they need. We also see that they are waiting on Felicia to stop by. I don't know if it was for supplies or information or what, but they are expecting to see her. Valentine then confirms that they have access to Eileen's phone. So right before Eileen goes to speak to the public about the escaped prisoners, Anna intercepts the call, keeps telling her that you're next, Eileen, you're next. <laughs> I think it's great. This, whoever is playing Eileen is doing a great job of being afraid. So now that Spencer is very worried, he goes to find Trina, sees her out with Marcus. He tries to be polite, saying, I don't mean to interrupt. This is important. And Marcus says, so is this. (laughs) Trina tells her dad, it's okay. I should probably see what this is about. I don't want to keep talking about what we were talking about anyway. 
So Spencer is thinking that Esme got her memory back during all this. I'm thinking that she still has no memory. I'm excited to see where that goes. Spencer and Trina are getting closer and closer. So are Jocelyn and Dex. I'm curious where Cameron is going to end up in all of this. Will he somehow get sucked into Esme being on the run? We also heard Liz mention her other two kids. I would like to see them at some point, as well as uh, Charlotte, Rocco, Danny. Uh, Who else don't we see? Donna, we don't see her enough. Avery, we don't see her enough. We don't see any of these kids enough. And sometimes I think they would add something to the story. So with all that excitement, this past week, I think we're up for even more explosive drama this week. I cannot wait. You can talk to me on Twitter at 66 underscore view, Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, and TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a great week.